Hey, what's up everyone? There we go. My mic was muted thanks to the blaring music. But welcome to Four Guys Recorders Season 2. I think we're on episode 21 at this point, but I gotta double check. And uh, before I get into the guests real quick today, I just want to talk about the topics real quick that we're gonna cover. We're gonna talk about the Super Mario um, 35th Nintendo Direct, the Mario Kart Live, Mar Marvel's Avengers, and then a cosmetic bug in the game, Witcher 3 and the free upgrade, UFC 4 and the ads and the backlash. Rocket League's going free-to-play, which will be a quick one. WWE bans wrestlers from Twitch, and COD removes vehicles from Warzone due to server crash and glitch. But before we get into all that, I'd like to introduce the special guests of the evening tonight. Uh, and he comes from the land of Chicago, Midway Monster. What's going on, buddy? What's up, what's up, everyone? It's very, very nice to be here. Excited. Uh, breaking the podcast cherry, if you will. I appreciate Italian Clowns for bringing me on. Let's do this. Absolutely. I uh, regret, regret not being able to meet you when you came out and hung out with Dreadpool, and hopefully next time we can catch up. Definitely soon, yes. And the other special guest tonight, who has made his several appearances on Boom Shows before, it's VJ, a.k.a. Viewpoint Gaming, the man with common sense. What's up, buddy? Hey, hey, clowns. Thanks for the intro. And I uh, just want to say I really appreciate uh, hanging out with you on Boom's channel and uh, now being able to come on to yours. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure and I'm honored. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it, VJ, because I know it was last minute that um, I asked you and you still came through. And I know you're having some storms out where you are and uh, I really appreciate it. And... Also, you may notice a returning panel member who's been here all of season two, and that is Taylor, a.k.a. Zebra Fries. What's going on? Hey, what's up, guys? It's me. I hear you got a PC. Got. Yeah, I got a nice new gaming PC. I've set it up a little bit. I got my mic off the desk now. We're, we're stepping up. Nice. I'm glad to hear that for sure. But... You know, um, some big news broke um, probably maybe a week, week and a half ago, and the whole internet was astir with the Super Mario Brothers 35th kind of like anniversary that Nintendo did a direct of. And the, the biggest thing that came out of that um, was the fact that there's going to be three remakes coming to the Switch for a limited time on cartridge, I believe, until March. And that's going to be Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy from the Wii. Unfortunately, no Super Mario Galaxy 2. Um, I'm, there's some other stuff mentioned as well, but I think that was like the huge takeaway that everybody's been talking about nonstop. And I want to get your guys' opinion on this. Like, is it, you know, from my perspective, is it a little too late for Nintendo to do this? Is it a good thing that Nintendo's doing this? Um, you know, it's a pretty popular series, obviously. We'll keep the Switch alive longer. Those kinds of questions as well. Uh, first, I want to go to VJ uh, <laughs> on this topic and get your opinion. Yeah, sure. Um, I think I think Mario for me definitely has always been like a, a highlight in my gaming calendar. Um, and this is actually quite a big topic because I, I was living in Asia at the time when Super Mario 64 was released alongside the Japanese N64. And uh, if memory serves me right, in and around that calendar year. There were some really good franchises that were coming out. I think Tomb Raider and Resident Evil, Crash Bandicoot, 
I think uh, Wave Race also made an appearance in and around that time. But Mario, with that sort of strange double-arched M-shaped controller, just caught me totally off guard. And um, it, it was like some sort of alien flight stick in my hand. But, but fortunately, Mario 64 was there to teach me how to master it. Um, I mean, as soon as I saw the topic, I thought it was like, oh, God, you know, the fluidity, the speed, the grace, and the, and the variety of uh, movesets that you could command Mario with in a, in a sort of like in a brand new 3D space rather than a, a 2D environment was uh, something that set it apart from, set it apart from for me from uh, any other release that was, um, that was out in that year. And, and I've mentioned a few really good ones there. But I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here because when Super Mario Sunshine, Super Mario Sunshine came out, uh, I never played it. I bought it. I left it in the cellophane. And um, but sometimes, as you know, life interjects, right? And then occasionally puts uh, puts everything cold, to put it politely. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to playing Mario Sunshine this time around. Mar Mario Galaxy released, and it again, it was another game that totally mesmerized me. It kind of rejuvenated my perception of gameplay and what music could be in a, in a Mario game. And um, especially, I think around about that time, Mass Effect, I think came around, came out in about, around about the same month and that blew me away in itself. And I thought, okay, that's gonna be the best game. Then along, along came uh, Mario Galaxy. It's, it's not really easy to explain, but the feeling that I had when I played that game in, in like terms of being able to defy gravity for a moment or so, and it was just like a, such a fleeting sense of uh, freedom. Um, and not since Mario 64 had I felt such a leap uh, like in game design from Nintendo. A lot of my friends and stuff like that, uh, colleagues that I knew, couldn't quite grasp the Wiimote. So um, I do feel that Mario Galaxy is one of the Mario games that never quite got uh, like a fair crack of the whip. Uh, the magic, um, uh, the Galaxy soundtrack was completely, completely magical, and uh, Gusty Gardens was like my, probably my fa most favourite track. But um, and um, I, the only concern that I have, other than just sort of uh, looking forward to these games, uh, I enjoy, I, I enjoyed learning to play Mario with the new controllers, right, with every new system, but how these games were going to play you know, via the Pro Controller or if there's any other options is the only kind of sort of thing that's, uh, that's kind of got me concerned. But hopefully, hopefully Nintendo have sorted that. Absolutely. You know, uh, one of the biggest concerns with me for Super Mario 64 is the camera angles. I'm, I remember that was always very difficult for me, uh, and I always ended up somewhere where I wasn't supposed to be looking on that game. And I kind of gave up when I was younger on that game, to be honest with you, because I was not good at managing those camera angles. So, yeah, I definitely understand that for sure. Um, Midway Monster, what do you think about this? I do believe a certain uh, member of this community always says that nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Um, when I first heard about this i uh i was i was excited i i do not own a switch but seeing super mario brothers seeing super mario all-stars which was me and my sister's game back then on the super nintendo um was was a was addicting to us back then and i and i am looking forward to see how they uh they do this as a current game um like you said with super mario 64 um i did not like 
I did not like those camera angles. The give me the side scrolling platformer all day. Um, as soon as 60, uh, 64 came out, I was kind of it kind of threw me off. But I'm not surprised that Nintendo would do something like this. I mean, Mario is a lightning rod in the gaming community. Um, now we just got to see how they they put it together and and see if it's uh, be able to cash grab or an instant classic. True, very true. Yeah, I mean, for Nintendo, it seems like anytime they do a remake, um, there seems to be issues with uh, pricing-wise. So that's always a concern. Uh, like with Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, it really seemed like a cash grab because it was basically a port with one added character to it, I believe, uh, from what I remember. Taylor, I know I that... You... Oh, I'm sorry, go I'm ahead, sorry, Midway. I was, say, I was just going to say, we'll see if the... Uh... We'll see if there's bang for the buck. I hope so. I hope so. I hope, uh, you know, that this brings a whole new generation of um, Mario to, you know, older generation or newer generations, I'm sorry, that are playing the Switch and they fall in love with it like we did back in the day. And also an update real quick. For some reason, the scroller is not given Daz's link properly. So check the link in the description. I don't know why it just seems to be cutting out part of his name, but it's Dazaris, not Daz. So if you donate to Daz, I don't know who that is, if it's just Daz on the PayPal link. So hopefully there's no copycat Dazes out there. Um, so I will fix that as we talk. Taylor, what do you think about this? I know that you like your Switch, um, and I know that you like playing games on it. It's perfect on the go for you, and... Is this something that you think that you're going to end up getting? Oh, 100%. I love Mario. I'm so excited. And it's funny because I saw a tweet from Walmart. They had tweeted something, I think, about a year ago. Like, if you could only have one Mario port to the Switch, what would it be? And it was these games. And then they retweeted it um, a couple days ago when this was announced. And they were like, this aged well. And because it's all of these coming to the Switch. And it's, I'm the same as VJ where I missed out on Sunshine, so I'll be able to play it this time around. But Mario Galaxy is one of my favorite of the recent Marios. I played that through so many times. It introduced Rosalina. She's one of my favorite characters within the um, Mario franchise. Um, I've played Mario 64 on the 64. I played it on DS. and the way that they integrated 64 onto the DS, I thought was really good. It, the camera angles on there, I know everyone's concerned about that. Um, the camera angles on there, honestly, were really nice. And they didn't seem to have an issue with that. So I'm hoping it's the same as, as, it, as it was on there, where it will be on the Switch, where the camera angles will be kind of smooth. So I have... I have better hopes for the Switch where it's going to be a smoother camera angle. It's going to be a lot easier to play on there than it was on 64. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. I can't wait to spend my money on this. And I know that it's said that it's going to be like a timed launch where it's going to be all three of these games um, being sold. And then I've also, from what I read, I don't think that they're going to sell them individually either. And it might go away after March of 2021. 
So if that's the case and you want this, buy it. Yep. I'm going to put that out there right now. Buy it before March 2021. Yeah, I wonder why they gave that that specific date. I wonder if, you know, they're planning on like a different version of the Switch, or I wonder if they're planning on maybe putting it digitally on the store a la carte and, you know, upcharging on the games if you want to buy one single instead of uh, in the cartridge set. But, yeah, but uh, so little... far, they haven't said that, they, that they're going to do them singly. No, they haven't. So, it's so just that a... would make me nervous, and I'm just going to buy all three of them because I want Mine... all three anyway. Mine as well, because it'd probably be cheaper as a bundle like that um, mm-hmm. in case Zebra, of anything later on. I've got a question for Zebra Fries, if I may, Klaus. Sure. So Mario Galaxy is one of my most favorite. Well, it probably is my most favorite Mario, mm-hmm. uh, even even more more so than Galaxy 2. But I just um, I'm kind of waving my hands around here saying, okay, right, this is how I played with the Wiimote. What am I going to do with the Switch? How am I going to play this game? I and that know. really got me like frazzled completely because I can't work out a control system without the Wii, without the Wii mode. I know. It's going to be weird trying to figure that out. But, I mean, you can take the Joy-Cons off. So, oh. it's like, we probably take the Joy-Cons off and play it similar, like, kind of the same as you did on the Wii. I'm going to expect you to post a... Um, <laughs> a tutorial? Um, a tutorial, yeah, on, on this channel. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, trying to figure it out? Yeah, because, oh, that, I just thought about that. Um, oh, yeah, because I normally only play my Switch handheld. Oh, no. Yeah, oh. so that that's going to be interesting. Uh, how are they going to get around some of the curves like that? Well, I mean, it's possible, but, like, it's... Oh, I forgot about that. It's been a while since I've played Galaxy. Yeah. I'm sure they'll set the controls differently. Yeah, but, like, it's so integrated in my brain to play it that way. Oh, no! <laughs> she's already she's already <laughs> thinking about it. Now I'm panicked! <laughs> Sorry. You're good, but now I'm now that's all I'm going to think about. Well, I mean, there is something else to think about um, in the the Mario news as well was uh, Mario Kart Live, and that seemed to be a pretty popular um, takeaway as well. It was, you know, basically it's using your Switch to play with these real-life toys, kind of like in a, I would say kind of like in an AR way with the Switch, um, as you're, you know, you're driving around your house. I would imagine... I think so too. I would I would imagine for parents that's probably could be a nightmare stepping on those things. <laughs> They're just driving around the kitchen table or something. Um, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but Midway, I want to go to you on this one first. What do you think about this? You think this is like a gimmick? You think this is going to succeed? So the one thing I've noticed from a lot from the the big three gaming companies is that they are definitely trying to cater to the younger audience. Um, that's my number one reason why I think PlayStation showed bug snacks on their presentation, because you really never heard, saw them show anything, you know, basically 18 and under, you know, in any type of um, presentation they've ever had, and then boom, you have bug bug snacks. So I think this will definitely cater to. I mean, if the parents see this on the shelves, they're going to be like, 
this these look like play school sets to me like it, it the second i the second i clicked on the link that you gave it to me i was like oh no because for me obviously i am not i'm not interested in setting up the 2020 version of the old school electric cars you remember that oh yeah track you know that's that <laughs> that's that's not what i'm what i'm about anymore i don't have any kids so i'm sure that this will go over great um good luck parents cleaning all this up but like it 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 definitely seems like at the end of the generation they're starting to cater to more towards more towards the the children as you can see with all the the uh the thing you have on the the ad right now that you have on the screen so that's that's my take on it um taylor i know that you are once again a nintendo fan is this something that you could see yourself playing i the only way i would buy this is probably for my nieces because i feel like they would have fun with this and it would annoy my sister and that's a bonus in itself (laughs) but um while i was watching this the only thing i could think of was tying a toy to it for my dogs and letting them have fun. <laughs> That's all I could think of. I mean, it's endless entertainment for my dogs. Are you kidding? Absolutely. Is, she would have a blast. I could see siblings using this to spy on each other, not for the actual purpose <laughs> of playing the game, you know? Like putting this in like your, your brother's or sister's room and see what's going on if they're taking your toys or talking bad about you. You can just pop in there. Um, VJ, what do you think about this? Oof. I love that the fact that you're opening up with all these lovely Nintendo uh, topics. Uh, thank you so much, clowns. Um, <laughs> I think that I think that anything that Nintendo creates uh, is going to intrigue someone somewhere, whether it's a uh, hundred consumers or ten million. Given the sales of some of their recent titles on the Switch, yeah, it's kind of uh, it kind of forces open your wallet, right? For an in- anything that Nintendo creates, um, I think the success is going to be entirely down to how well the product or project uh, been conceived, and the and definitely where well, you know about Nintendo's marketing is going to be down to the creative individuals behind Nintendo's marketing. Definitely going to be having to work uh, overtime, shall we say? Um, I'm really intrigued to see how. Japanese consumers in major cities like Tokyo, Osaka, Kyoto, that live in lovely but sort of tiny, efficient par- apartments set up Maricart live in their living rooms. That's I mean, that's going to be pretty interesting. Besides that, I think I think that Nintendo has such a, a loyal fan base with decades of uh, goodwill built up in the brand that anything Mario related at this stage, or in this specific uh, instance, that's, we're talking about Mario Kart Live, uh, is going to do well. Um, you only have to look at uh, how aggressive uh, the licensing division that Nintendo's been over the last two decades, I'd like to say. I think they're on par with Disney, not in terms of revenue and stuff, but I would say in carefully sort of licensing out um, their properties uh, to strategically chosen partners. Uh, their brands are far more infectious and popular in so many more households now than ever before. How well it sells is anyone's guess, but if I was to hazard one, Given Nintendo's current status um, in the world, rather than just gamers, uh, I would say that the sales are going to be more in line with Nintendo's uh, Ring Fit than, say, uh, the Virtual Boy. Okay. 
Yeah, I remember. I remember the Virtual Boy. I only had one friend in childhood who bought the Virtual Boy. <laughs> Sorry to bring uh, that up. Oh, that's that's okay. <laughs> Brings up memories because I remember I had a headache that I couldn't get rid of that night after I tried it out. <laughs> so not a good uh, memory. Clown, clowns, clowns. Yep. The only thing, the only thing I can find pretty cool with this, if they could do a create your own track. I think you can, right? Um, I I think the way the track is generated, I would assume, is based on those weird overpass things that you put up. Um, but if you could actually add stuff to it or change it up, I think is what Midway's alluding to. Is that what you're trying to say? You there, Midway? I think you've upset them clowns. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I think it's like those those overpass things, and it like scans a track around it, uh, invisible track for your switch. But I mean, I don't know. I think, in my opinion, I think this is going to be more like a gimmick. I think over t- as time goes on, you know, people might get this to collect it and never open it, and then sell it. You know, ten years later down the line, just for the value of it. But other actual real world use, I don't see so much of. Um, I really don't see a lot of parents buying into this, especially unless they have like a dedicated playroom. I, I could see this being a hazard, a annoyance, um, so many issues with this thing. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. I mean, I, maybe Nintendo will prove me wrong, but that's just the way I see it right now. Is there a price for it announced so far? Not- but uh, that's what a lot of people said about the Wii being a gimmick, and then... yeah. Then you had PlayStation Move come out. You had uh, Xbox come out with I Connect. can't think of what it Connect. Yep. And we came out in 2006. Move didn't come out until 2010. The like Nintendo will do these sort of gimmicky things, and then everyone else gets on the bandwagon because their user base is not um, is not constrained to just gamers. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's such. That's why I alluded to all the marketing that they do and uh, the licensing that they do. It's so much more of a household, household, household brand. Even my granddad knows Nintendo, and you know he's never bought yeah. a Nintendo product. But it's, it's yeah, it's just it's just a very different, very different user base that they've got, as well as the gaming community that that we exist in. Yeah. So, we see it as a gimmick now, but give it a couple of years, I guarantee you, the other companies are gonna start being like, oh, maybe we should do something like this. I would be That's scared. That's what I like about Nintendo. Is I'd be scared, They'll though. do all these weird gimmicky things, and the other companies will say, hey, it works for Nintendo, let's try. Let's try it out. I guess it's one way to keep games physical, you know, since everything's mm-hmm. going digital these days. Um, well, I don't... Midway, you back yet? Oh, I think we lost them. So when he comes back, uh, it should. There it goes. It fixed it. Can you hear us, Midway? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, it just cut me off. That's okay. It happens. Discord isn't perfect. We had issues with Skype before too, so it does happen. All right. All good. Thank you, guys. Well, the next topic I, is kind of popular right now on the internet, and that is Marvel's Avengers. You've seen a lot of people talk about it. 
I am personally a huge fan of this game. I feel like it has a lot of mixes in there. It, it For me, it mixes like the Naughty Dog feel with the linear progression, and then it has a semi-open world feel. It reminds me of like Ubisoft's games, and then it's got QTE moments as well, and then you, you know, you're playing as these Marvel characters, which are my favorite comic book characters. I really love the Hulk in this game. I've been playing it nonstop, and there's a, there's a lot of different complaints out there um, with a lot of good reviews to say. So one of the complaints is that there's matchmaking issues and people can't connect. Um, I played Quick Match, and I didn't have an issue. Uh, but other people are apparently, I think, on Xbox. So not sure if it's the platform or if it's just servers in general with this game. But uh, there was a new report that came out um, that I sent to the panel. And basically, people that have unlocked cosmetics in this game have relocked themselves um, behind a paywall or behind the battle pass. Now, this happened to me with the Hulk. I had unlocked a ripped t-shirt version of the Hulk. And then it relocked itself somehow into the battle pass. Then when I restarted my game back up today, it unlocked it again. So I have no clue... What is going on? But people are experiencing some of these issues, and they may be minor for some, but they could be big issues for others, especially if you're spending money in this game and buying these items. Um, Taylor, I know that you're a huge fan of microtransactions, so I want to go to you first on this one. I know you support the endeavor of game companies and these transactions. So what do you think about this issue? I mean, yeah, it's annoying, but like, it's a bug. They'll fix it and everything will go back to normal. So you think it's just like a lot of fake outrage right now? I Like, I understand the outrage for it, because every time there's a bug, people get really annoyed. And, like, when it's in a game that I enjoy playing, I get really annoyed at bugs. So, like, I understand why people are upset, and there's so many other issues with the game, so this is just, like, another tier added onto it. So I understand the outrage for it. But, like, it's a bug, it'll get fixed. And especially because so many people are angry about it, it's going to get fixed. Give them a couple days, give them a week, it's going to be okay. I think so. I think you're right, because this game is in it for the long haul. And, you know, they have plans for expansions on this thing, DLC... Um, so I think you're absolutely correct. I think they want people to spend their money in this game, so they're going to fix it so that you spend more money in this game. Um, exactly. Midway, what do you think about this? So, I got a $50 Xbox card for my brother, so I decided to get the, uh, the Deluxe Edition. Um, and it came with, uh, like, three, um, uh, like uh, outfits for each character. So the second you showed me this, I was like, "Oh, it better not take away from mine." Luckily, uh, luckily it didn't. Um, I do believe we're in the age now where games are gonna have bugs. Um, it's the instant gratification generation, so everyone's gonna feel like their their enjoyment's gonna be impinged upon by some. By some bugs that I'm sure they are working on, you know, to to fix and and obviously they don't want this to happen. So um, I enjoy the game. It does have its, you know, 
it's unfinished quirks in my opinion like i'm in a cut scene and i see the character miss marvel and uh hulk's hair in the beginning like flickering um i mean it's gonna happen uh sadly we have to accept that in my opinion so um i just wish games would come out when they're done they're done but obviously with servers and and the technology of video games they're not going to get these problems until they start getting um the mass the mass quantity of users to uh to test it so that's my opinion i mean fair enough um did you get it on xbox ps4 or pc i got it on xbox okay spider-man's Spider-Man's like fifth or sixth on my list. <laughs> gotcha. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, um, and I don't think the Spider-Man DLC is going to be anything significant anyway. Um, so I don't think it's going to impact the story or, you know, other than him maybe taking the skin of Ms. Marvel, maybe similar, you know, mechanics. But I don't think he's going to be super important in this. I feel like it's going to be, uh, it's going to be like a Batman Arkham Knight with, with all the, uh, you know, Batgirl, all that DLC. It's going to be like that, in my opinion. Yep. BJ, what do you think about this issue? Oof. I'm not a big fan of the game, so I expect I might get cut off. But uh, it's sort of... I might go off on a slight tangent here, uh, Klaus. I hope you don't mind. Um, you know when, like, Corey, Corey Barlog went to Crystal Dynamics? I was so pleased he was going to kind of uh, be involved in uh, in the Tomb Raider reboot and I really enjoyed the first two as soon as he left and the third Tomb Raider was released I and then I think around about that time there was inklings that they were working on a big project we, I didn't quite know if it was going to be Avengers or whatever but I realized that they've got rid of him or he's left or whatever that Crystal Dynamics are going to go down a different path right um, maybe in a, not, in a way that I don't particularly like and it's kind of ended up that way but that's just my personal feelings um, Third-party publishers often meet in private conferences all the time to discuss the industry and the way it's moving forward and how to maximize margin and so on and so forth. So seeing like, I mean, I've been, in the, I've been playing games since the 90s, so I've seen it change and evolve. So when uh, you see like all third-party publishers, you know, they have a kind of the same narrative, release a game, it may have bugs, fine, we'll, we'll fix it up with patches, we'll deal with the out public outrage and so on and so forth, but they've all got DOC, cosmetics, upgrades, uh, microtransactions, season passes and whatever, now they're renaming to battle passes for, for Avengers. Um, it's all in aid just to drive publisher revenue, increase profits for from a from a player or a consumer's point of view, what these things do is, you know, the additional content and skins and so on and so forth, they let you advance in a game without grinding or they let you stand out in a crowd. And I think for players and consumers of a younger generation in their teens and their early 20s, for them, it's like, okay, you know what? I don't mind spending that additional money and so on and so forth because it's helping to define my, my experience uh, further within the game. So we all know that. Uh, Marvel characters and the Avengers IP over the last few years has increased its, uh, how can we say, just it's, it's just become such a huge pull. For me, there's there's not uh, the heart in the game that I saw back in Tomb Raider. I know it's a different game. I know it's a larger project and so on and so, on, so, on and so forth. But when I see it, it's like designed to capture, retain, retain your attachment to these characters and the gaming world, which is totally fine. That's what games are supposed to do. But it also seems like it comes with a caveat that it's also attached to your wallet, which is, for me, is not entirely fine. 
um, to the degree that I think that they're going to push and take this to because there's no way that this was a small small team making the game. This is this is this game's had huge resources put into it. Uh, it's pretty apparent. Uh, in terms of your question, is is this particular issue um, a concern? I think uh, my two fellow panel members have pretty much you know covered that in the fact that communities will always come together and let developers and publishers know, hey, look, we've got an issue here. You need to fix it. Um, I don't know if Crystal Dynamics have officially responded to the issue. Are they remedying it or fixing it right now? I assume Crystal Dynamics want to fix it, given that Cyberpunk and so many other good games are coming up on the horizon, and I'm switching between games faster than I've ever done. And I would say get it sorted, or it will leave players with a with a, a slight sour taste in their mouths, let alone a, a loss of mindshare coming up into a very, very busy fourth quarter. Hmm, interesting point. I know that you mentioned that, you know, this game seems to be attached to a wallet. And to some extent, um, I would say that you're correct because it seems like the grind to earn some of the stuff in the Battle Pass can take a little while. Uh, I'm into a Battle Pass now, and I still haven't earned any free credits yet. I think mm -hmm. the, the next one I'm going to earn is like 100 credits. But now you have this problem, right? So you earn credits in the Battle Pass. Now, are you going to use those credits for a DLC Battle Pass? Or are you going to end earning credits to spend on character skins? And some of those skins might be like 2,000 game credits or something. So How much? I saw, I, I think I saw some. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, VJ. How, how much, just so that everybody knows, like 1,000 credits or 2,000 credits, how, how much is that in real term, real money value? In real world uh, money? I believe... If my memory serves me correctly from looking on it, I think a thousand credits uh, would be ten dollars. Wow. Okay. And I believe um, that is what the battle pass is going to cost. So for when the DLC characters come out, it's a thousand credits right there. But then there's character skins that seem to be like two thousand credits already. So am I going to grind two battle passes over the next few months and use that money on a skin? Or am I going to save it for one of the new characters? So I see what you're saying that, you know, while it is attached to this in some aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Gone are the days, gone are the days of putting in your own work to, to, to progress in a video game. <laughs> oh, I remember those days midway and those oh. like those offline games that we used to play and there was cheat codes to like get extra special things that, those were the good days, man. VJ remembers those good too. Taylor, <laughs> you remember those days? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like there was got kind of like PlayStation Two games that I played. She's got a time machine. Like <laughs> <laughs> there were still plenty of games on PlayStation Two that were like that. Well, I mean, speaking of good service for the consumers, CD Projekt Red came out and said that if you own The Witcher Three on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. Basically, you're going to be able to play that version on next-gen upgraded for free instead of doing the Remedy round of charging like $40 for an Ultimate Edition. Now, I think CD Projekt Red is an excellent studio and an example for many studios out there um, and what they're doing. I think Dirt, Dirt developers are doing a similar thing as well. Um, so I think this is a good thing. Um, I want to go to Taylor because Taylor does not like to spend microtransactions or money on upgrades. And what do you think about this, Taylor? 
I mean, I like that they're uh, doing the free upgrade and they're keeping with the trend of doing that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a good thing. I don't play The Witcher personally. But, so, for people that do play, I know I have a couple friends that do and they really enjoy the game. And they're planning on getting, um, like, the new consoles and stuff. So, for them, I'm happy for them that they're not going to have to spend all this extra money on it. And majority of the games that they do have, they're doing the free upgrades and stuff. So, you know, I'm happy that there's so many games that are doing the free upgrades or they're only doing, like, the $5 or $10 or whatever it is to upgrade. So I've seen a couple games that are doing that. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But I'm happy that so many games are sticking to this model versus you have to rebuy the whole game. Unlike Nintendo that we just talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Um, and real I'm quick, shell the money up for for Nintendo. <laughs> I I think a lot of people will, especially for nostalgia purposes. Like, I mean, I still want a Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. I didn't buy it, but I stared at it for a very long time. So <laughs> I know the feeling. I almost bought it. Um, sorry if you hear a lot of background noise. There's some things going on in a storm outside as well. But I want to go to the chat. Um, Leo, real quick, he did say that you can't buy 1,000 heroic credits. 2,000 credits is $19.99, and 500 is the lowest at $4.99 for Marvel's Avengers. So that may answer your question, VJ. Thank you. That's 2K VC prices. No. <laughs> yep. Oh, they all want you to get. They all want you to spend that twenty, because then you'll spend more to get something else. You're like, oh, I already spent twenty, so what's five dollars more to get the next thing that I want? It, you know, it's a, oh, it's, it's a good tactic. Bring, yeah, I just can't bring myself to uh, to play the game. I just, I just can't. I'm a big. I mean, everyone's a big Marvel fan to, to a degree, and I just can't bring myself to it. I, I can see what's going on right in front of me. I'm just refuse to be ripped off. Well, um, maybe in the future, VJ, if you pick it up on a sale real cheap or get it used or something, that's yep. one way to pick it back to them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, back to the, the Witcher 3, Midway, I know that you, you know, you play games as well. Um, what do you feel about uh, this, what they're yeah, doing? I play a little. Yeah, just a little um, bit, right? Yeah. I mean, let's stand and applaud, you know? I mean, I, I, I really think it is uh it's a great move especially on such a popular game um i have the i bought the game of the year edition and it came with the dlc but it's like it's i haven't even started it's so intimidating to me so like i just look at it i'm sitting there and i'm like not today and then i go play the next game because it's just it's i know how much time this is going to take i hear from everybody how long it's how long the blood and wine DLC was, and I'm just, I my my hands start sweating. So, I, I'm very happy that this is going to be like this next gen. Plus, I mean, everything's going to be even better. Loading times will be better, frame rates will, be, you know, all that stuff. So I know I know they already had a, they already had the uh, upgrades for it for the One X, but I mean now you can have, you know, the the uh, Series S. And still have those frame rates with a pretty decent resolution, so and the low times, so the experience will be a heck of a lot better for those who have not played it yet or want to play it again. 
VJ, what do you think about this? Oof. Uh, I think there's two sides to this coin. I think I think everyone who's played The Witcher 3 loves the game. Um, I think it's a great gesture and, a, and a, definitely a strategic PR beat just prior to the launch of uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Um, it's a studio that if it existed in California, would cost probably three times as much to operate. So they have a huge cost-saving advantage over Western publishers and developers. So you can see that they can well afford to provide this upgrade. Plus the bells and whistles, I'm assuming that we're going to receive probably already exist on the PC version. But that's, that's one way to see things. But I don't think it kind of gives us the whole picture. Uh, I, I spent over a year living in uh, Warsaw in Poland. And CD Projekt Red over there is akin to like a national treasure. And it's obviously highly regarded on the Warsaw Stock Exchange. But let's go back a little bit in history, if you don't mind, um, uh, uh, clowns. I don't want to get all political or anything. But Poland was like under communist rule for about 40 years up until about its independence, which I think was around 1990. Oh, wow. Uh, while, while, yeah, while under the USSR rule, they were watched, censored, censored and deprived of like basic necessities. Um, I mean, our... Our lives, and uh, if you just take our lives, right, an outlook, it can change completely, right, uh, when your social and economic situations drastically change. Just just take, like, the pandemic at the moment, what's happening, right? And that's just that's just a year in, right? We're barely a year into that. So look at, 40, look at what 40 years can potentially do to you. So when you're, when you're suddenly under the rule of a foreign government and your basic rights are stripped away so, and then... What, you, what do you go through? You go through adversity, suppression, and being starved of like culture and, and humanistic rights, especially when you can see what's happening over in the West of the world. It can make you afraid. It can make you selfish. It can sort of, you end up focusing on self-preservation and, and personal desire. But what I found living in Poland, uh, the Polish people are, have never been swayed by that. They've stayed very warm and they found ways to circumvent the rule that they were under. And um, they're extremely warm, as, as I said. And uh, and I think that CD Projekt Red, the founders especially, are sharing whatever they can with a sense of joy and celebration with the rest of the gaming world, knowing full well what it was like for generations uh, to be without. And I and I hope I hope I've done a little bit to explain like what my experience and findings were when I lived over there uh, in terms of what like CDPR's ethos uh, is like more on a more deeper level. I think so, and I, you, yeah, I didn't know all that history either, VJ. But that's a very good input input from that situation. And I think that for CD Projekt Red, I'm glad to see them become so successful as a studio. I think that really does put um, you know Poland on the map for development as well. Um, they're highly regarded, and the success has just been astounding for them, especially with the Witcher series in general. So really glad for them and happy. But the next topic I want to get into is UFC 4, and EA made some real gamers really upset. So, basically, um, credit goes out to Reddit R, you know, uh, Dino. he posted something on there. Um, as you see in the lower picture, that's what the ad looked like before a fight in um, UFC 4. So the boys popped up telling you that it's on Prime Video. Now, I had always envisioned that game companies would eventually do something similar to this just because they, they make so much money now. They're so brazen on the, the ideas that they push. So it didn't surprise me. But I knew it would upset a ton of people. 
And after the backlash, basically, um, EA pulled it out. But I'm kind of afraid, you know, where they testing the waters. Is this something that we're going to see more of in the future, especially next generation? Uh, Midway, I want to go to you on your thoughts on this. I mean, some people were paying 60 bucks for this game and they had an ad pop up like this. What do you think? Just imagine a video game starting a subscription for $10 a month so you don't hear ads anymore on their on their service. Oh wait, YouTube does that. Sorry. Like I think that is it is a scary road, I think for um now was this uh during like a load screen? I I'm sorry, I didn't uh didn't quite catch when the ad came on. I but think was this during a load screen? I think from what I read, if I remember correctly, and anybody correct me if I'm wrong, um, I could have sworn that it popped up before the actual fight, before like the player interacted in the fight. So like the loading was done and they were about to come out and then all of a sudden an ad for the boys came out. Yep. Yeah, and Flamish confirms that just before the match starts. That's that's ridiculous in my opinion. Um I I don't want ads in games at all, but to be honest, like I can I can imagine an ad during a load screen on something like this. I can see a season pass where if you don't want ads you get the season pass i mean can you imagine that that would be scary um i personally like i said don't want ads at all in video games um ads is another way of you know subliminal messaging and trying to um trying to uh and you know it's it's a form of indoctrination in my opinion where they want you to you know buy our product buy our product watch our show um you know so it's just it's it's crazy and especially with younger kids playing these types of games it's uh it's definitely uh gonna be gonna be a a, a crazy time if you see any other games do this but i am not surprised that ea was the first to do this yeah, I mean, if anybody was going to push it, it'd be EA or Activision, I would think. Yeah. Um, Asa in the chat, I hope I said your name correctly. I forgot how we pronounce it on the Game on Jelly podcast, but he says sneaking those ads in after reviews and initial sales was super dirty. Um, and that is definitely true, because imagine if some reviewers had caught on to this like before they dropped their reviews. I mean, that, that would have deterred some people from oh. the start. That would, if you had an eight for this game, that would probably take it down to a four. Like just a, the mere fact of that, that's that's almost a, uh, like in like almost like infringing on your personal space almost when it comes to video games because this has never happened before. Yeah, not like this. Not like where it just pops up before the match starts and you have to interact. You know, if it was like on a billboard in the back, like uh, Shizno alluded to with Burnout Paradise, it wouldn't bother me so much because you're passing a billboard or if you're playing like FIFA and it's like, you know, in the background. If it's got to pop out in front of you before you're playing and you got to hit a button to get past it or just wait for it to go away, that's really annoying for me. I I felt kind of weirded out when... uh, um... Death Stranding when Norman Reedus went to grab a monster to energize. I was I was like, what is this? 
Yeah, it's just it's just insanity. I mean, everybody's getting brazen these days. Microtransactions, there's loot boxes, now ads. Um, yeah. I know I know that Taylor is short on time, so gonna try to move this along for her sake. Um, VJ, what do you think about this? Um, I've seen a few different comments in the chat, um, and uh, and obviously from fellow panel members. So I just quickly run f- break it. I want to break it down if I can. So I think product placement in games is one thing. Uh, in games such as Judgment or Yakuza, Yakuza. I don't know if anyone plays those games, but they have like a lot of like. Um, Real, let's see, like Boss Coffee, for example, is a really good one. Or the Pot Noodles in Final Fantasy VII is always cool to see. And, and I'm happy with those. And then you've got games which have got sort of brand product placements and interaction. And, and I really enjoy like the arcades, right, in Yakuza and Judgment. I think they're most welcome and they enhance the overall, or overall experience. If real ads are placed in such a way that they are part of the game's visual experience, and I'm kind of talking about FIFA here, where they have those sort of like uh, digital rotating digital banners on the side of the football pitches, uh, I'm totally fine with those. And I think, it, again, it adds to the authenticity and realism. It's when they try to display an advert, which no one's ever seen, and it's like kind of, then it does kind of throw you. And look, no doubt that uh, these ads and product placements can aid publishers' revenues and, and, and bottom lines and so on and so forth. But I think we're all in agreement. If in a game, adverts adverts blatantly break the immersion and shock you and um, and serve up nothing more than a sort of distasteful, nauseating slap in the face, then there's no place for it whatsoever. Uh, some publishers are going continue to continue to try to do it in other ways uh, or whatever else that they can do, right? Uh, the bottom line is we all know who the usual suspects are to look out for. It's a really interesting topic, and I don't know if something like this already exists, Clowns, uh, and anyone else in, on the panel can in, can interject. How long before we see, you know, the Series X or PS5, you know, have your favorite food menu or pizza delivery pop up, right, every time you hit the home button on your controller? It's, it's all... It's all really interesting where this is all heading, but you can see the monetization, the profits, and the, the immediacy, and the um, and just like you know, just making it easy for everybody to participate in, in what they want and what they need, and uh, just to keep you know the the money rolling in. So uh, yeah, it's gonna it's interesting times. I could see that too when you alluded to hitting the home button on the dashboard. It's like I could see you know Xbox or PlayStation in the future. Be like, hit the start button to have your favorite pizza delivered in five minutes, so you don't, you know, you you don't have to leave your war zone match or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I can favorite. <laughs> yeah, I I can see that. Um, like that Matt, is true. Go ahead. Quick, I just wanted to say, like, like Madden. You know, they've always had like you know the scoring driver, the the red zone. It was like Pontiac back in the day or something like that. But just imagine the first time you are down by your your. You're down by three. You're about to hit the game-winning field goal, and then flash, uh, an ad pops up. Like that will just totally ruin everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. That'd be frustrating. Kind of breaks your concentration too from the middle of the game. Imagine that in a multiplayer match, like playing a friend, and all of a sudden you both see the ad like in the middle oh. of something. That would, that would really you be kill. annoying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Asa says Xbox 360 did that with the pizza thing. I believe they did. I think it was Pizza Hut that they tried it with, and it didn't last long. I even think they tried that on Xbox One, to be honest. Um, I just think it didn't work out so well. Uh, Taylor, what do you think about this? 
I think it's ridiculous. And I saw some people that were like, oh, EA's still trying to hold the worst company title, I see. And it's like, yeah, pretty much. Um, but the fact that EA went out of their way to do this on a $60 game is absolutely ridiculous. A month after the game had been released. Yeah. Why? It... Why? Like, they had no reason to do that. And they knew that everyone who bought the game was going to be angry. They had to know. Like, there was... They had to know there was going to be backlash. No one was going to be like, oh, this is fine. Shady. Yeah, it's very shady to do that after the reviews came out, uh, no doubt. After people had owned it for a month. Yep. Very like, frustrating. absolutely ridiculous. Um, well, Taylor, I know that if you're short on time, it's okay if you have to leave. Um, I know the topics are going a little bit longer than you're used to, but if you have to dip out, we understand. I can always do your outro for you, but I'll try to move it along to the next topic. So um, I think this is a pretty big topic. It's a pretty big deal. It's that Call of Duty had some issues with Warzone recently. Um, players in Warzone could take a vehicle, move it to a specific spot on the map, and all of a sudden, it would crash the server, kicking everybody out of the match and the game. Um, that is very frustrating, and it's probably why some of my Warzone matches crashed, and I had no clue why. I always thought it was somebody else's connection. That was probably that vehicle glitch. Um, Taylor, winning? what's that? Were you winning? No, we weren't winning, but... Because <laughs> <laughs> I could see that being used as a... As a tactic for like, oh, we're losing. Oh, sorry, it glitched. Yeah, I mean, I could see that for sure. Because then it might even uh, not count the stats of that match counting. Yeah. Um, Taylor, what do you think about this? I, just, I got nothing for Call of Duty, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know anything that's happening with Call of Duty World. One of these days, we got to get you in the Call of Duty. Maybe Alex can do it. You guys can all try. It'll never happen. <laughs> but, um, we'll have to try. I, I am going to dip out right now because I do got to go. All right. I understand. No worries. We'll have a great evening, Taylor. And um, can't wait to talk next week. Nice to meet Bye, you. Guys. Nice to meet Bye, guys. Nice to meet you. Bye. So, guys, the panel got a little bit um, jaded there. But don't be alarmed. That happens. <laughs> Um, Midway, you're still in the clear, though. Your picture's good. Uh, VJ, I want to go um, to you on this. Like, what do you what do you think about the situation? Um, I'm not so familiar with Call of Duty Warzone, but I do know people that play it, and I'm not sure about how often the issue occurs. I do know that the vehicles can be useful for a quick getaway, especially if you're in trouble. Um, if the issue is fairly rare or can be fixed relatively quickly via a patch, then do so. And I, was just, I would assume that they would have done so if it was. If enough people are being affected, plus the fixes say not easy, then common sense, I think, should prevail. No one wants to experience the, how can I put it, the vexation maybe caused by like having been disengaged from a community-based activity. That, that's, 
it's okay if it's like a single player game and you crash, but in a, in a community driven game, no, I, I, it's, 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 it will definitely stress me out or annoy me, especially if I'm winning. Um, therefore I would say, take out the segment, fix it offline and once ready, incorporate it back in. Um, sorry, I, I don't know enough about the situation, but I, yeah, that would probably be my take on it. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair enough point, uh, especially if you're winning, you know, and somebody did that to you, it would be very frustrating in Warzone. Uh, <laughs> Because, I mean, you put some time in there, and you try to survive, and next thing you know, you're just, you know, you're number two place, and you're kicked out of the match. So, yeah, it'd, it'd be really frustrating. Um, Midway, what do you think about this? Um, personally, I'm a noob. I don't, uh, I haven't played a Call of Duty multiplayer in a very long time. Um, I'm in it for the campaigns, to be honest, but I can see um, where this could be very frustrating. And to tell you the truth, I was uh, I was actually thinking about starting because I was excited to see um, like all the vehicle uses and, and stuff like that. That that to be that no like in a multiplayer, um, that would be because you know I'm a I'm an old school like Call of Duty player, but like I didn't I stopped playing. Uh, many years ago, so I really didn't uh, keep up with like what's new with like Warzone and stuff. But when I heard that that vehicles were being and seeing all the clips and and all the uh, videos of of all the explosions and stuff like that, it was a uh, it was it was starting to to kick the juices back up a little bit. So I think I just need to to find the right team that's willing to to carry me for a little bit. <laughs> Uh, I hear that. Um, for me, this Call of Duty really got me back into it. Warzone was, was kind of fun for me. I played it on the PC as well. I got my first solo win on the PC uh, just because the frame rate's a little bit better. So I had a slight advantage, uh, even though my um, graphics card is kind of crappy, 1063 gigabytes. But <laughs> it still helped me win, so well, I was happy about that. Um. Yeah, but I I agree. I mean, as, with... as 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 long as uh, there's no like you know aimbotting or or even uh you know those those cheaters out there you know keep it fun. Uh, I'd be glad to play again. You know, to be honest with you, uh, speaking of aimbotting, um, there actually has been two cheat engines that they caught onto. One was CX Cheat, and Activision sued them. And they got, I guess they got the source code to it, so anybody using it now will get insta-banned, because they can detect it. And then there was another one called, I think it was called, like, Ewan Engine. Uh, Twitch streamer got caught with it in the task manager, and people called him out on it. So those are the two well-known ones. Um, hopefully both of them are being detected now, but it gave them wall hack abilities, um, insta-shots, drop shots. The other thing that people use on these are, like, macro scripts. Um, for devices like the Titan II, um, XIM, Apex, they they mix it with those and it tricks the it tricks it so that you can actually use a keyboard with it as well instead of a controller, but it put you in controller lobby. So it's kind of insane the um, the ways around that people found just to cheat in this game. It's insanity midway. You wouldn't even believe some of the stuff out there. Yeah, it is, <laughs> and it's costly for these people. So I don't even know why they do it. <laughs> No idea. Stop cheating. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, another topic I wanted to get into that I thought was kind of like a, a big deal is that 
Um, the WWE is telling their wrestlers who are independent contractors that they can't sign uh, with any other uh, services like YouTube, uh, Amazon, or um, Twitch to stream video games, that they just can't do that. It's against the rules because WWE put so much money into creating their personas and their characters that it would be a loss to the WWE franchise. But, you know, the thing that baffles me, and I'm not a lawyer or an expert in this area, but these guys are independent contractors. And I feel like that's kind of like choking them a little bit on how much they can earn. Especially when you got games coming out like the um, the Battlegrounds that we see here and then, you know, the WWE 2K20. It seems like that a wrestler could stream a game that they're in and get an audience and make a little bit of money off it. But no, WWE says no, they, they can't do that unless it's a WWE partnership. So, um, BJ, real quick, I wanted to go to you on this and, and get yeah. your thoughts and what you think about it. Um, this is a bit of a tricky one. I mean, I'm not, I'm just like you clowns to be, if I'm totally honest with you, I'm not any sort of like legal person by any stretch of the imagination. But if I were to sort of like, just take a guess at the situation, um, it certainly comes down to employment laws in a designated country or in, in, the, or in the case of America, down to the states, I guess. And those laws will definitely define the eligibility or the legality of a, of a contract if needed, um, especially if uh, a contractor uh, who very rarely, depending on how much they're being paid, is going to want to challenge uh, a, clauses, a specific clause's enforceability. WWE seems to state you know, in that, in the, in the, in the press or in the media, that they have kind of like an IP ownership and all the characters that they've designed and created, and I get that. Wrestlers uh, or professional athletes, probably more of a better term to use, are, are hired, sort of like in a sense to take on a persona. I mean, if you take up, if you take a guy and he dresses up as Mickey Mouse or, or a girl uh, dresses up as Mickey Mouse at Disneyland for twelve hours a day and makes people happy. It gives no co-rights of ownership to the contractor or employee, you know, whoever's underneath that costume. Um, if WWE contractors are receiving financial compensation, restitution for assigning their time and various other rights to WWE within a contract, then they know what they're signing up to. Then there really isn't much anyone can do unless someone wants to go out of their way to find a loophole. I remember, like... Uh, somewhere prior to the 2000s, I don't know if you know this, right? But likeness rights in um, in contracts were pretty much overlooked by studios that made movies and TV shows. However, with uh, the explosion of like merchandising and collectible collectibles becoming all the rage, film studios and sports institutions like FIFA and so on and so forth. I don't, I don't know the ones that is it the NHL, the NBA, and stuff like that, and the MLB. They started. Um, issuing contracts and paying a little bit more um, to uh, money, sorry, uh, in order to retain image rights since, since likenesses can be captured and reproduced digitally in games and collectibles. And now, well, not now, for the last 10 or 15 years, they can also be uh, um, sort of retained and reproduced physically through advancements in 3D tech and 3D printing, um, thus creating, you know, so much, you know, in terms of uh, lifelike figures and memorabilia all over the place. So it's big business. Uh, this profit in it and you can see the licensing fees someone like fifa goes out goes out and pays uh, sorry ea goes out and pays right for the big licenses like fifa i know it may not be huge here but you know they still ship 30 40 million copies a year so uh so it's, it's big business and um it's just horses for courses as, as far as i can see 
So I don't know if that helps at all. It does. It makes a lot of sense what you said, and, and I, I agree. You know, they put a lot of money into it, and their personas can be recreated later on, uh, even after, you know, time moves on as as three D or um, holographic characters. I mean, any way, and WWE still owns the, you know, the right of that persona, so they can still make money off it, even if the actor or the professional athlete is no longer around, in a sense. So, yeah, as long as they're fairly compensated and that's that's a separate debate altogether i guess that's where my made the friction may be I, i'm not sure well makes complete sense to me vj it's a good point you brought up um midway what do you think about this i wonder how much uh xbox paid those wrestlers to uh stream <laughs> gears <laughs> 93 um so <laughs> independent contractors i'm uh I'm kind of familiar with that term. Uh, I've worked at specific dance clubs where they are called independent contractors. Um, if you catch my drift, if you don't, it's a gentleman's club. Um, so they sign a contract and they cannot go anywhere else except to that specific area, to that specific building, that specific club. Um, so you see that they want as much money from you as possible. They don't want you to get money to any other business, any other club, any other streaming service, I guess. I mean, the, the only workaround I can think of is instead of banning them, why not work with them? Um, try to, try to, because if you're working with these wrestlers, you're also promoting the business. And if you're just straight up banning these these uh these wrestlers from from using from using streaming services like Twitch and Facebook gaming, YouTube gaming. Um I find it counterproductive and you're not going to get 100% um out of the product that you have signed the contract with cuz I know they're going to be bitter. So that's basically what I'm just work with them get get the business because if you if you see these wrestlers playing, they're playing probably with with a bunch of teenagers, a bunch of uh, young young impressionable people that that are gonna want to get into wrestling. So I mean, this is I don't see anything but bad news with this banning people, uh, uh, unless you know there's some way to work around where the wrestlers can use a different name or start using the artist formerly known moniker, like Prince did. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, too. Um, it will definitely create some bitterness, especially for some of them. And like you alluded to, I remember when Xbox uh, had wrestlers play some of the games, uh, I believe at E3 it was. I think that's where it was. Um, yeah, it, so, was during, it was during the Gears showcase when they were when uh, they went down into uh, where Rod Ferguson, uh, hey, I got Kofi Kingston and blah, 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 and... Yeah, so I wonder now in the future, like, you know, it's Xbox and PlayStation, they're going to have to go to WWE and be like, hey, we want Stone Cold to play this game. Um, <laughs> we're going to make the contract with you. And WWE could just be like, Stone Cold, you're going to be playing this game. You know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to yep, do it. Yep. So and it's good. And I, and I bet you 10 bucks that next WWE game is probably going to be $70. Thanks, 2K. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. It's a, it's another franchise that's very popular with their with their crowd, so they could probably get away with that. 
Um, Leo said Xbox didn't pay them for that. They were there for the up, up, down, down. I'm not sure what the up, up, down, down was. Leo, you might have to talk about that on your news channel. You might have to talk about that on your news channel. Or you can give uh, us a quick, uh, a quick quip on the, uh, on the chat there. I think, you know, Xbox, um, I think that the wrestler themselves, the athlete, makes the persona popular because the ones that are more boisterous or overdramatic are the ones that get popular. So it's definitely a lot of hard work to do that. Up, up, down, down is Austin Creed's YouTube. Okay. I'm not too familiar with that. I'll have to look into that. Part of the new day with Kofi and Big E. Um, anybody in the chat has any questions, feel free to, to drop in. The the last topic, and I know we're going just a little bit over an hour, the last topic was Rocket League's going free-to-play. It's not really a major topic, but I just want to throw it in there so you guys knew it's going free-to-play. Um, and there's people that bought it that are a little upset about it. I you know, I think the game's kind of old at this point, and doesn't matter. I think the game's probably been in sales before, so it really doesn't matter to me. But um, real quick, before everybody gets out of here, um, Midway, you got any thoughts on this one? People are angry about what a, what is this, a six-year-old game? Yeah. I mean, people are, if you hadn't bought it now, I mean, sorry. You know, I mean, it, it's it's... It's par for the course. I mean, games going free to play, and then someone's a little bitter about having to, you know, paying the twenty bucks before it did it. That's just timing. Um, you know, sorry that happened to you, but you know, it is what it is. You go with the, you roll with the punches. Um, I enjoyed the game. I mean, it it it's definitely a good way to get more, uh, to get more users into the game. Um, bring it back a little bit. Try to give a little uh, momentum back to the game. I know people that are still uh, enjoying the game very well, and I get my butt kicked all the time, but I still love it. Yeah, I feel the same way. My daughter was angry about this when I told her, but, you know, <laughs> I think it's a six-year-old game like you alluded to, and it was even free in PS Plus at one point, so to me, it was it's not really a big deal. Um, I got it free yeah, were, in PS Plus. Were... Yeah, there were mer- many opportunities to get this game, you know. So, and, and it, at any at any price. So it's it's a it's a you know it's a SOL moment. So. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. VG, any thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, to be honest with you, I've never played Rocket League. I'm not familiar with it. It was the one topic I was going to excuse myself from. But I think you hit the nail on the head. If you look at, you know, um, PlayStation Plus, I mean, you've had The Last of Us, you've had Bloodborne, uh, you've had Street Fighter, you've had Modern Warfare. I mean, there's, there's so many good games that they give you. And um, it's going to be, I mean, I remember Bioshock, right? Uh, trilogy. I bought it, and then it was, in, <laughs> it was on PlayStation Plus. They're giving it away, but th- these things happen, right? And it's just uh, part, of part, uh, part, just part of the course, really. And um, there's nothing you can do about it. And if you get caught out, you get caught out. But um, if you're, if you're, you know, in gaming and over an extensive period of time, you get wins and you get losses. And um, so I, I don't know 
like how badly people are affected with this particular game because I haven't looked into it. But just from my experience, that's how I look at it. Absolutely. Um, Dazzer, UK Dazzer says refund in the chat. Uh, I don't think they're going to get refunds <laughs> six years later. It's not going to work. <laughs> um, trying to see if there's any other chat questions before we get out of here. Um, I think that's really much it for tonight, guys. Um, and I appreciate both of you coming on the panel. Um, everybody can find Zebra Fries at Zebra Fries everywhere, pretty much. Uh, Xbox, Twitter. Um, and she should be back here next week as well. She's She's been with Four Guys with Quarters for a very long time. Um, and I'm going to go to our special guests and let them do their shout-outs. And I hope to have them on the panel uh, going forward, but I'll talk to them and, and Zebra Fries. Uh, Midway, where can people find you? Uh, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me onto this podcast. Uh, this is my first ever podcast, so I appreciate it. Mark it off the bucket list. Um, I'm a newbie on Twitter. I appreciate uh, any followers and any good good karma back and forth. Um, I'm under at if you can see on the screen, Midway Monster firsts and lasts capital. Um, if I may, I just want to do a couple shout-outs. Uh, I just want to do a... It's a big moment for me, clowns, okay? I just want to say, yep. okay, Daz, beer! <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you again, guys. I appreciate it. It was good uh, talking with you, Viewpoint Gaming. And, uh, VG, where can people find you? Yeah, no, um, you can, anyone can find me either in one of these chats on some of these podcasts or they can find me on Twitter at Viewpoint Gaming. Uh, you can find me on Boom's channel. And um, just want to say, Clowns, thank you so much for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it. And um, it was nice to meet you too, uh, Midway Monster, is that, if that's how you say it. And uh, next time I will definitely bring the beer. <laughs> Midway for short if you, wanna, if you don't want to spend all that breath. <laughs> I will do. Thanks, Clowns. Absolutely. It was a pleasure having both you guys on. I know that UK Dazzers is going to be thinking about beans and toast and beans on pizza now. Uh, VJ, that's uh, a thing that he's going. Um, well, ever... What's that? That's a, that's a, <laughs> you're mocking a British national delicacy there. <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, he, the Daz cast kind of like sort of challenged me to this beans and toast thing because we don't have it in America. So I made a beans and toast thing with cheese and I used uh, beans that were flavored like Dr. Pepper. And it, uh, it came out pretty good. Yeah, they sell Dr. Pepper beans. Interesting. Yep. It's, it's a company that sells it's called the Serious Bean Company. Uh, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe I found it. And I was like, "Oh, I got to try this." But I did try their buffalo wild wing sauce beans. That did not go as well. That was, was not as good with beans and toast. If there, if there was a company called Serious Beans Company that tried to stick their product into uh, a UK national retail chain of uh, supermarkets, they would get kicked out. <laughs> Pro- they probably would. Yes. Um. Well, you guys can find me at Italian Clowns below on almost all social media for GWQ Podcast on Twitter as well as Italian Clowns. And every Monday, 5 p.m. Eastern here, I started doing a new show with Flemish called Daily Gaming Bites. Um, I want to do a quick shout out to the Gamers United Guild, which is uh, TXR, NLG, Open Box Pete. 
Retro Renegades. Um, man, there's so many in that BG4G. Um, and I apologize if I forgot anybody, but we all love you. And we all support you. Indie Gamer is also part of it. So check him out. He does good stuff as well. Um, and until next week, guys, I'll see you later. Thank you, guys.